Hey everyone, so my name is Jalen Van Noy and I'm a rising senior at West Forsyth and this morning I get the opportunity to share just a little bit of what God did in my life this summer. If you knew me around two years ago, you would know that I had a strong relationship with the Lord. I read my Bible every night and missing even one week of youth was unheard of for me. Unfortunately, about a year ago, I began to fall away. I became involved with a group of people I had no business being around, leading me to a dark place. During this season, I fell into bad mental health issues. I turned to drug usage, alcohol, and I developed an addic addiction to nicotine. It got to a point where I was hospitalized for self-harm. I became the person I promised myself I never would be, and for that, I am ashamed. But God never let go, and he continued to pursue my heart no matter what. Back in May, I attended a track meet where I ran into Pebbles unexpectedly. In case you don't know Pebbles, she's a part of the youth staff here at River Oaks, and she asked me if I was going on the Arizona trip. I told her no, that I was too scared, even though a part of me really did want to go. Sometimes it can be intimidating to go back to something you've been away from for so long. She told me there was one spot left, but it was reserved for another girl who had not made her decision yet. As we were talking just a couple minutes later, she got a text from that girl letting her know she could not go. And Pebbles, of course, was telling me this spot is now open for me and I absolutely needed to go. I told her I would pray about it and the next day I let Brian know that I'd be coming along with them this summer. And I'm so glad I did. The next month leading up to the trip, I was terrified. I was scared that no one would like me because I hadn't been a youth in so long and I would have no one to talk to. God, of course, made a way. Long story short, God showed up in more ways than I ever could ask. He showed up through the people with everyone extending so much love. He showed up to the beauty of his creation all around us, from the sky painting some of the most amazing sunsets I've ever seen, and the incredible landscapes we got to visit, like the Painted Desert and the Grand Canyon. But God really showed off with changing my heart. This trip showed me that church is where I belong and not the world. I now know that he loved me enough to save me and bring me out of those dark places, healing my heart. I'm reminded of the parable of the prodigal son that Jesus shares in Luke 15. The son wasted his life away and squandered an early inheritance he asked his father for. But one day he came to his senses and decided to return to the Lord. In verse 20 through 24, it says, But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and now he is found. So they began to celebrate. I feel called to missions and the call to serve God's kingdom. And I have everyone on this trip to thank for that. Most importantly, I thank our Heavenly Father for all he has done and continues to do for broken people like me. If you are here today and you found yourself turning to the things of the world, whether it be substances, sports, a career, your family, or anything else you've put in before God, please know that God deeply wants nothing more than you and your heart. That mission trip taught me that. This church has taught me that. And I'm so thankful God doesn't give up on us when we can be so quick to give up on him. Hi guys, my name is PV Jones, not PV Raj. Okay, so I have lived 5,475 days or 15 years, and today I'm gonna share the best seven days of my life. Since a lot of you don't know me, my name is PV, and I come from the small Middle Eastern country called Kuwait. 
You know, I wasn't a Christian when I came here, but I always, I always wanted to know what Christianity is and what I wanted to learn from it. So I had this opportunity to come to high school in the U.S. I got selected in different schools, but I really wanted to do, go to this school called Winston-Salem Christian School, a small Christian school in Winston-Salem. I didn't know why I really wanted to go to that school, and I never regretted that decision. After I came here, school was going on good, but until one day, I get physically punched in my face. Um, it sounds funny, but that day changed my life, because from that day onwards, a teacher came up to me and he's like, do you want to go to church? I can take you with me. And I'm like, yeah, sure. And so I went to church, started feeling love in Christ, and my days changed from there. Afterwards, I'm a public speaker, so one day I was called upon to speak on the topic, if not now, then when. I didn't know why the topic was given to me, but all I can think of is how I want to get converted into being a Christian. So guess what happened? I spoke about what I wanted that I want to get converted to the Christian, and next day, I get converted. We talk about Acts 8, Philippines, Ethiopia, and all this kind of stuff, and I get baptized. That's the best day in my life. And I came to know about this wonderful mission trip opportunity at River Oaks. I used to go to River Oaks Youth in the evenings, and thanks to Brian, the guy over here, I was able to go to the mission trip. It was an eye-opener. To be honest, there are a lot of things that I learned. Christ has always given you a new family. River Oaks is my new family right now. I really love it, and I really thank that he gave me that. There are a lot of memorable events and at our Arizona trip, but since Brian wants me down really quick, I'm going to share some. <laughs> so, my first event was we went out to eat in a small restaurant in, Hol in Holbrook. And after, in the middle of all the chaos, me and Connor, we were sitting out on the ledge, and we were like, man, Christ is just so wonderful, how great he is. You know, he has done a lot for us, I'm just and we're just really thankful for everything that he has done for us. There was one thing, and I'm like, out of all the things that we both can speak, we wanted to speak how great our God is. Moving forward, Pebble's sermon. Probably the best speech I ever listened, and she made us cry the whole night. I was thinking about all the sins that I did and how God has forgiven how how God has forgiven me for my sins and how he's just so great. Mr. Fox, he's not here right now. He's going to come to the next sermon. But he thought we a student in our troop had like relationship issues. And we all stayed up till midnight talking about it, praying about it and telling that God has a lot planned for you. Life is just, is just not what you think it is. It's a whole new thing. And Jesus has showed this. You know, Brian wants me really down right now, and he's staring at me so bad. I just want to say a few things. The cross right there is always there for you. It's there for you. It's with you. And it's always there for you. Thank you, and Jesus loves you. Good morning, my name is Riley Cornwell and I wanted to share my experience at the middle school camp this summer. During the day, we got to go on fun adventures like rappelling and whitewater rafting. At first, the idea of rappelling down a 110-foot cliff was really scary, but it was much better after I chose to find my bravery in God and not myself. I chose to trust God. Whoa. 
I chose to trust God, and he gave me the strength and courage to face my fears. Deuteronomy 31.6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God... For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. I think this is a good verse to remind ourselves of whenever we're feeling afraid. Again, our bravery reminds ourselves. Again, our bravery comes from God and not ourselves. During our trip, we also had worship services and ceremonies every night. The last night of camp was especially powerful, and you could tell God touched a lot of people's lives. This camp speaker used a chair analogy to explain the gospel to us. At first, there were two chairs facing each other, one representing us and the other representing God. When we chose to, when we chose to sin, this caused our chair to turn away from God. What's so powerful is that even though we turned our backs to God, he never turned his back to us. The camp speaker went on to explain that when we accept Jesus into our hearts, our chair turns back around to face him. We were all crying, and I felt chills during that worship night because I could feel the presence of the Holy Spirit with me. And I also knew people were making the decision to turn their chairs back to God all over the room. And it was an amazing experience. The next morning, the camp speaker invited everyone who accepted Jesus into their lives to stand up. And it was just so cool to see that more than half of the room stand up, and I was one of those. And I'm so happy to have so many friends who love Jesus and can point me to the cross. And he's just so awesome at everything he does. Good morning. My name is Leah Petty, and I'm here to talk about my experience at the youth trip this summer in West Virginia. I almost didn't go because I felt like I didn't really have any friends that were going, but I'm so glad I did. I remember the adventures from this trip for the rest of my life. I went caving, rappelling, and whitewater rafting. All of these activities were so much fun, and they really opened my eyes to God's creation and love. Each day, our guide told us a devotional that, relate us, that related to the activity. The one that really stood out to me was caving. Caving was so much fun, but definitely scary at the same time. Multiple times, we had to get on our stomach to crawl through the holes, as you could probably see on the video. Also, at a few points, our guide told us to turn off all our flashlights and sit in what he called total darkness for a few minutes. It wasn't until we turned on our headlights that we could see again. Similarly, I feel like some of you might feel like you're in total darkness in your life. You might feel like there's no way out of your cave of grief or anxiety or loneliness that you're in. But let me tell you that you're not alone. The devotional our guide told us about was about how God is the light of the world. In John 1, 4 through 5, it says, In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. I love this verse because it really reminds me of how God is the light of, that will never fade. He shines no matter what is going on in our lives and no matter what the devil tries to tell us. Sometimes our life might seem dark, but we just need to open our eyes and see God's light. His light cannot be overcome by darkness. He is the guide that will lead us out of our the darkness of the cave, and into his glorious light. Another verse about light comes from John 8, 12, which says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. If you feel like you're in a dark place, remember to turn to God as your source of light. So my name is Connor, and I'm giving a short message on gifts of grace or spiritual gifts. And the passage that I'm starting in today is Romans 12, three through eight. So here it is. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, 
if service and are serving, then the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts or encourages in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. All right, so let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word, and I pray that you just extract what you want us to learn from this and just fill us up with exactly what you want us to know and just let your son be glorified in this. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so this passage and spiritual gifts as a whole, I got three main questions I'm going to come up on. And number one is, what are spiritual gifts? Number two is, why do we have them? And number three is, how do we use them? So for number one, what are the gifts? 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7 says, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities or working, but it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So according to this passage, we see that gifts or spiritual gifts are manifestations of the Spirit. Or in Romans it says measures of faith. And we all have gifts by God's grace. Just as we were given His Son, we were given salvation by grace, we are given gifts. So there's many gifts shown here in Youth Sunday. We can see service in all the people who are willing to spend their time here to not just sit there but actually serve. And then in exhortation and encouragement, we can see those people at the coffee bar that are smiling and being so kind and also at the front door saying hello because even a hello or a smile can mean so much. And then contribution, that can be all the members of the church who give to us, donate, and that allows us to go on amazing trips like Arizona or go into a cave. But because of that, that's equally as important as all the others, and that helps us even exist. And then leadership, that can be Brian or all of our other pastors leading us and just teaching us how to live a life glorifying Christ. And then acts of mercy, people who are out in the parking lot every day or even out just today in the heat doing that hard work and doing that because nobody wanted to be doing that. Or these two middle schoolers being willing, even when they're scared straight, to come up on this stage. I'm so proud of y'all. But also for teachers, for me, I see wise students who like point us in the right direction. Like not, not the people who are talking all the time like me, but people who have like little bites like Drew and Nate and all of them. Like they have such good like questions and it's like, oh. but they like receive things from God and then they point it out. And then the musicians who glorify God with their playing, the singers who lead us in worship, the tech crew, nobody even looks, like nobody even thinks about them because they're literally the opposite of me, but they're awesome. <laughs> and they're so helpful and so critical to all this working perfectly. And those at home, this is something Brian pointed out when we were in Arizona, but all those people who are at home praying for the youth ministry, praying for the trips, how powerful that is, how much that's working, and how much like prayer has, and just prayer warriors who are fighting for us, and just giving us strength, and that's where our hope comes from, is from God. And all these gifts show that there are many different people and many different gifts, but they are all coming from God, and it's all letting all this run smoothly. Verse 4 says, we have many members, there's many parts of the body of Christ, but it's all from Christ, and it's all making up the body. And the many members are what make us uh, fully healthy, a full-functioning body of Christ. So this moves me on to question number two. Why do we have spiritual gifts? In 1 Corinthians 12, 7, says, to each is given a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So gifts are meant to uplift the church. All these things that I just listed, from teachers to tech crew, are meant to encourage the church to teach us to fill us up with the Lord so that we can go out and serve others. 
And Romans 12, 4 through 6 says, For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Let us use them. And here, and in 1 Corinthians, there's a massive analogy of the body, like a human body, to the body of Christ. And we can see this is an analogy, and it's saying, like, if the whole body were an eye, how would the body work? How would it hear? If the whole body were an ear, how would we see? And this can be seen if we draw an analogy, like, worship leaders are mouths, but if everybody was a mouth, there, nobody would, would be listening, nobody would be able to serve others, be the hands and the feet. Or if the givers were the hands, then if we only had givers, then we would have no reason to use the money. Or evangelists were feet, we would have no people to lead us in worship, to encourage us to let things run smoothly at church. But God's ordained all these gifts so that we can serve them and be a full body, have full worship leaders, full givers, for full people who are fighting in prayer because all these things are as, as important as the other. And then 1 Corinthians 12.12 12 says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. We all have varying gifts from one another, but we can use these to be a complete healthy body. And all these things, we run into an issue that I at least experience is when we lift up certain gifts higher than other gifts. But we don't need to do that, and that's literally the opposite of what God's done. And this applies to 1 Corinthians 12, 14. It says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. And this verse shows that it's God's will for there to be many different gifts in the church, and yet we are making up the church as a whole in our differences. And it gives our unity in differences to serve God. And human bodies aren't parts trying to be other parts. If the hand was trying to be an eye, it wouldn't work. But like, that's like me. If I was trying to be a worship leader, and Jay knows, that would be terrible. Y'all would not, your ears would be bleeding by the end. But we all have gifts that differ so that we can be a full body, us fully serving each other, so that we don't have to hope to be a worship leader, a teacher, a tech crew person, a person who is in prayer for us at home is equally as important as anybody who's up here because it's about the whole body as a whole. It's about the church. Like when it talks about heaven, it's not, it's it like, it's strange how much it's talking about the church, like the body and not individuals in heaven. Like it says, we will feast in, the, in heaven. It's about a family. It's like a whole one whole body serving together. And this, the differences also goes into 1 Corinthians 12, 14 through 19, and it says, this is so, it's drawing on the analogy of the human body and then the body of the church. And it says, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, how would the body be? Or where would the body be? He emphasizes the equality of importance and the need of many different spiritual gifts and just the parts of the body to function properly in doing what they're made for. And we can thank God for each member, and no matter who's up front or not, who's off to the side, who's doing things in front of everyone, or if it's somebody, like again, in prayer. Like we, we think about like, when we think about a church, we might think of the people who are up on the stage, but like think about the people who have faithfully been going to the church, giving and praying for everybody, like the people who are up on the stage. Like that is so, so important. And we can't forget about them. And, um, blah, blah, blah. oh, we can be thankful and function as 
our own parts. We can be thankful for the gifts we have and not seeking after the things we don't have, but serving in what we do. And then 1 Corinthians 12, 24 to 26 says, but God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. This is again shown in the tech crew, the facilities manager who's always, I don't even know, oh, it might be Dan, but that guy is always here every single time I've like, seen him, and he's always serving. And it's thought, like, it says he gives greater glory to the part that lacked it. And people who like, pray, like, it shows like, if we think about like, our physical body, if, like, we don't think about the body like, wow, a lung, but like, think about if I didn't have a lung, I wouldn't be alive right now. And how important those inner parts are, those people that are behind the scenes, the tech crew, the, all those other people, how critical they are for this body to work and for it to serve and how equally important everyone is. And so we can serve in what we're given and not be thankful, I mean, not be upset because we don't have things. And this shows Paul, Paul's command in Romans 12 for us not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought. And we can just serve God in what we have and not lift ourselves up, not seek one gift higher than the other, but serve God with what, where we're at, what we got. And all people shall be celebrated equally and that the body of Christ shall rejoice together in the mountains and sorrow together in the valleys. And that's why God has given us community so we can be unified in all of our gifts under the same God. So we use our gifts not hoping for what we don't have and not casting down those with different gifts, but let everyone use the gifts we have to glorify Christ who gave himself for us and for the good of the church that we may be complete and lacking in nothing. And this moves us on to question number three. How do we use our gifts? And this takes me to Ephesians 4, 1 to 3, where it says, I therefore, Paul, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. We use our gifts to serve God and those around us in love. And we are all to use the gifts he's given us to give back all the glory to him in whatever activity or situation we are in. And following the passages that I've been using in 1 Corinthians and Romans 12 and Ephesians 4, it gets immediately after it talks about spiritual gifts into, it talks about love. Like the 1 Corinthians 13 is like the love chapter, like love is patient, love is kind. And it teaches us that in all these things, it, like we're supposed to do it with love. And it says, it might be in Romans, I'm not sure, but it talks about if we speak in tongues and don't have love, then we're a banging symbol. Or it's just random blabbering. But when we do these things in love, when we serve each other, when we use our gifts, whether it be teaching, serving, acts of mercy, we do all these things so we can serve God because he gave us these things, so we should give him all the glory back. This takes me to Matthew 5.16, a very coffee cup verse, but it says, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So we can use the things that we have that God did not give us in vain, but we can use them for his glory. We can walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which we have been called and use those gifts you possess for the one who gave you the gifts in the first place. So in whatever we do, Colossians 3:17, in whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And so this is, like all these gifts we have, like we all can look inside ourselves and see like something I'm good at. Like I'm really good at talking at people or people really are drawn to me or I'm able to teach, or I'm able to sing, or I'm able to pour into people in small groups. We can take hold of all those things that God's given us and use it for our glory, or for his glory, not our glory. 
and that we can just serve him with that. And then this can honestly seem kind of daunting, like how am I supposed to use all these gifts? Like how am I going to be good at this? But in Matthew 11, 28 through 30, he's talking about how easy it is, like his yoke is easy, his burden is so light. And when we think about it, Jesus says his yoke is easy. That's like, what are you talking about, dude? You got beat up, you got spit on, and you literally died on a cross. But when we think about what he was doing it for, we can think that he delights in doing God's will. It makes me think of David delighting in the law. Like the law? Are you kidding me? But like he delighted in doing what God's will was. And this makes me think of the like self-sustaining cycle that God has given us, how when he left, he gave us his spirit so that it's God in us working to glorify God because we are made for God and to glorify God. And we can do all these things, Philippians 4.13, we can do all these things through Christ who strengthens us so that we can see and glorify his namesake. So he's glorifying himself and we're lifting up others. And so we're finally able to do these things because that's how the yoke is easy, the burden is light, because it's not us. We're not doing it for our own glory because we are not God, but we're instruments of grace. We're instruments of showing God's mercy and goodness. So let's use our gifts that we have that we might have been quenching, might have been using it in the wrong ways, and pour into people, pour into... You, you, there's so many small groups, and that's one of the most important, like community. After Garden City, we... Like, being around all the boys that I was around, like, the, the Bible studies we did, that was one of the most like building up I've ever had in my life. So being around community will encourage you and it'll make you be able to help others. Like just saying things sometimes really touches something. Like I'll just like say something stupid that I think, or I think stupid, but it really means a lot to someone. And so God uses all those things for his glory because he loves people and he wants to show his goodness through them. So let's take hold of this, whether that be into joining a small group, into pouring into our children, into whatever it is. Let's use these things that God's given us so we can glorify him and show his goodness to all people. And let us pray. Lord, I thank you for your word, and I pray that we'll just take hold of these gifts you've given us and run the race that's before us so we can continue the fight, continue racing and racing on, and with joy, just running up those hills and valleys and just experience all of this and bearing with one another. And we all have gifts according to your grace, and I pray that We'll just come together and let each gift support each other and let each person just come together and in unity. And Lord, I pray for anybody who doesn't know you as Lord and Savior. I pray that they'll come to accept you and that they'll just see your goodness. They'll see the cross that's before them. And that's how that you can live this Christian life that seems impossible. That's how you can walk in these gifts. Just as Peter was able to walk on the water when he was looking at Jesus, the only way we can live this life and do the things of God is by looking at him himself. And I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Connor and uh, students, thank you all so much for sharing a part of your story. And um, Connor, great sermon this morning. Thank you for that. And church family, I just want to say thank you for allowing us to have this opportunity to lead you all in worship so that you can see a very small portion of what we get to see every single Sunday. Um, and so uh, there's a few quick things we would just love to bring your attention to as it relates to uh, some community life um, opportunities. Number one and two is that today is the last day to sign up for family camp uh, that's coming up August 12th through 14th, um, and also the Dis Discover Rock class. Uh, where you can learn more about who we are as a church and uh, go through um, part of uh, that is you can become a member of the church. So those two things, you can register for those through the Church Center app. 
All right, and coming up on August 28th is a very important day for anywhere from youth down. It's Promotion Sunday, which is Move Up Sunday. So we'll have kids moving up to Kids Rock. We'll have Kids Rock moving up to middle school ministry and middle school ministry moving up to high school ministry that day. So that day will also be the end of our summer schedules for our high school and middle school ministry. So we will, we will meet back from 4 to 6 on uh, from thereafter on that date. But it's also a very important day for our rising sixth graders. So we're going to have an orientation for parents and students at 3 p.m. on um, August 28th. And don't worry, I will send out an email reminder so that you all know where to be and when to be and all that good stuff. Um, also on that day, it's going to be a, a very important youth for us because we're going to have a guest speaker former WWE wrestler Chad Lale, who is also very passionate about sharing the gospel, is going to be our speaker for the night. We're also going to have a guest band as well. And many of you have probably picked up on this, but these trips um, are so important. And um, we are so thankful that the church, um, many of you help provide financial scholarships. And um, if, you, if you don't do that, many of you pray for our um, opportunities to go on these trips. Um, if you are a student and you're not yet involved in our youth ministry, come on a Sunday, come check us out, come bring a friend um, and get plugged in with us. And um, one of the best things I can encourage you to do is go on the fall retreat with us. That's going to be coming up on September 30th through October 2nd. There is an early bird registration for that. Um, registration is live on Church Center and you can check that out as well. All right, and we, as you can see, there's a lot of a lot of great ministry that happens within our student ministry, um, and every week we pour into these students, and we are in need of some leaders. Um, so if you feel a little urge, a little nudge from the Holy Spirit this morning to get involved with student ministry, please reach out to us, either Brian at RiverOaksChurch.org or Corey at RiverOaksChurch.org. Come find us. We'd love to have a conversation just in, in getting you plugged in. Just come see what it's like and because uh, we would love to have you join our ministries. And now that the billboard is over, we're done with all the announcements. Um, one last thing that I would love for you to be in prayer for um, le leading up to this week. First, don't leave this place today without allowing somebody to pray for you. If that's something that we could help you out with, um, we would be happy to meet you at any of these back tables. Um, you can also put any prayer requests on your ham here card, leave that in the basket. But David Holcomb and Rodney Balkum are leaving for Cameroon uh, coming up this um, on August. August 5th, and uh, just be in prayer for them as they begin to depart for a disciple-focused mission trip. Um, they are going to be there for a number of days, and we would just love for you to remember David Holcomb and Rodney Bauckham. And now um, our students are going to conclude our service with one last song.